Hi, you're about to listen to Dirty Laughs Podcast. When life doesn't give you the success you planned, grab a microphone and your three best friends and put on a show anyway. into a puddle we have we're in the middle of that heat wave riding away baby you guys are probably a few days out of it right now when you're listening but we are in that midst yesterday was the like hottest day on record or whatever so it was 40 goddamn degrees this is me and this is the heat wave excuse me the wave no okay oh shut up I'm shimmying. I'm shimmying for those wondering what my contribution was then. It was a shimmy. We've had a lot of technical difficulties today and we're an hour <laughs> late starting than we planned. Done. It's Good things so, come to those who went. So in the interest of it's a Wednesday night and we're all working and we're late. I think we should just get straight in. We're just gonna move. Sure thing, chicken wine. Behind the curtain. Woo! Guys, we've got a new theme because we're doing a new mini-series. Okay. And I want them all to be kind of connected in some way to what we're doing. So, the new theme is original stories. Ooh. So, okay. in this segment, we learn about how another musical has been made. And what I have discovered from doing this research is very few musicals <laughs> are original stories. They're all adapted from something, be it historical or fictional, but they all come from like that they're a true story or they are um, from a book or they're from a film or they're like a re-adapted version of something or they're, you know, like a, an additional sideline story of something else. Like they're, they're all adaptations of something, whether they're real or not. Um, so I was like, do you know what? I'm going to go out to find the stories that are original, that someone has created from scratch. Lovely. So, the first one is The Prom. (gasps) Oh! Okay. 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 So, if you don't know about The Prom, it is a musical, and it follows four aging Broadway actors who are reflecting and feeling sad about their lack of fame at these this point in their life and they travel to a very conservative kind of bible belt town in the US to help a lesbian student who has been banned from bringing her girlfriend to her high school prom that is the general concept and you know stuff happens um it's based on an original concept by Jack now I can't pronounce his name as comes up every single week on this but vietel is how i'm pronouncing it spell it for me v-i-e-r-t-e-l so i'm gonna say vietel because that's i'm gonna go how i don't know if i'm wrong then you know um oh well um (laughs) i people have pronounced my name wrong enough over the years that i'm you know i feel like i'm owed a few yeah Yeah, eyelash (laughs) (laughs) um so it is it is partially inspired by a true story, but it's not a true story. So, 
In 2010, in Mississippi, there was a student called Constance McMillan, and she was banned from bringing her girlfriend to the school prom. Then there was a lawsuit that was taken against the school, and because the school were like, well, we are not giving in, they cancelled the whole prom as a result of the lawsuit and said no one can have a prom. And then the parents got really angry, and they got together, and they held a private secret prom which Constance was not invited to so she was the only person in the school that was not invited to this prom because she had dared to ask if she could bring a girl as her date um this became like nationwide news in in America lots of celebrities were getting behind it sharing their support and they were talking about having their own prom for her which I don't know if any of that happened but she did she ended up transferring from the school and kind of leaving those people behind which I think is for the best because they clearly um yeah they let's just Mm. leave it at they aren't the right people for her (laughs) (laughs) clearly And she ended up getting like, she went on like chat shows and she went on Ellen DeGeneres' show and she got given a scholarship to college off the back of this. So she did, in some ways, I mean, I'm not going to say it worked out well for her because that's just a shit thing to go through really at the end of the day, either way. Um, Mm. But at least there was some kind of positives, I guess, that came out for her because everyone was very much on her side. So Broadway producer, Jack Viertel. He produced musicals such as Elf the Musical. <gasps> I love that musical. Something Rotten, Falsettos, Amelie. Hey! Angels in America, the one a few years ago that Sam loves. I love it. He produced these. Now, he saw this story in the news and he was kind of taken by it because he felt like every few months a story like this happens, particularly in America, when there are so many states like that. These stories come up, there's a big uproar and then everyone forgets about it. And then a few months later it happens again and everyone's upset and then everyone forgets. Um, So he decided, let's write a story that's about this, give it a bit more of a spotlight. And also he wanted to kind of reference the celebrities that are showing their support getting behind this and perhaps not all of them are doing it for the right reasons maybe not all of them believe what they're getting behind because in this social media age that we're in people are quite keen to stand up for things and to post all these things about what they believe but when it comes down to it sometimes they may forget that there is a human person at the core of the issue that's happening and they kind of often get brushed aside amidst the kind of celebrity drama of standing up for a cause. So they wanted to talk about both of these issues. He decided to speak to his friend who he had worked with a lot, a director and choreographer called Casey Nicolor. I recognise that name. Who is known for musicals like The Book of Mormon, Mean Girls, The Drowsy Chaperone. So they worked together. And they came up with a story. They decided to set the story in Indiana because it is where Mike Pence, who at the time was the vice president of America, he is from Indiana. And so they were like, let's also have a little slap in the face to the people that are currently in power um, and set it somewhere where they are from because that's exactly what they would be like in those places. They had previously worked with a Broadway composer called Matthew Sklar, S-K-L-A-R. And a playwright called Chad Begulin. Don't know how you pronounce that again. B-E-G-U-E-L-I-N. Begulin, Beguelin, something along those lines. Begulin is what I'm going to call him. I like Begulin. Let's stick with that. <laughs> they had uh, worked together on The Wedding Singer. Love that musical. 
Matthew Scar also did Elf and Chad Bergulian also did Aladdin. So they kind of, again, they were like relatively established and the the two of them had been working together for a long time and they'd all worked together, all four of them. So they were like, let's get these guys involved. Now, vague little background, um, just because I thought it was interesting. So Bergulian, he was desperate to be a playwright. He was tra- training in it. He was trying to send out every piece of work that he had and he was getting constantly rejected. This is in the 90s. Um, And he ended up writing back to one of the people who had rejected him, who was called Andrew Barrett, who was a manager of a musical theatre kind of hub. And they ended up going for lunch so that he could give him feedback into where he was going wrong with his work because he he was so desperate, but he wasn't being brought down by the rejections. He was being like fired up by the rejections. So he was like, can we go for lunch so you can tell me what's wrong with this because I need to understand it. So they went for lunch. Love that. Yeah, same. Mm, love a lunch. Everything good happens at lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love lunch. That, yeah. That... <laughs> That's how all good stories start. Love lunch. love lunch. Oh, love lunch. Yeah, love it. Because you know love what? Lunch. There weren't a salad involved. There was a wine involved there. We all know it. Because no good story start with a salad. It started with wine and lunch. Perhaps there was a wine, I don't know. But Andrew Barrett (laughs) went for lunch with him and he said, I really like your work, but you need to collaborate with someone. He basically said he, I think he felt like this guy was writing musicals, but without music. Like he felt like there was something missing in the plays and he needed to collaborate with someone to transform it into something. On the side of this, separately, Matthew Sklar was a kind of like a, people call him like a genius musician. Um, (laughs) and like he sold his first song to the Mickey Mouse Club when he was 14 years old. He was hot dog. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Clearly a famous Um, sounds. But he was, so he's, he's like, people, people have been like, oh, he's amazing since he was a child. Um, and (laughs) he was direct, he was doing music direction for like NYU and things like that, but he had never written a musical. He'd only written songs. And so Andrew Barrett said to him, have you ever thought about writing a musical? And he said, I've always wanted to write a musical, but no one will collaborate with me. So Andrew Barrett was like, hold on a minute. I'm talking to someone over here who wants to collaborate with a musician and I'm talking over to here with someone who wants to collaborate with a playwright. So he put them together on a bit of a blind date and they've been working together for 25 years now and they said in that 25 years they've had exactly two arguments. So it went well. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, Not it's cute. Bad. Cute. So they started working on this. They were immediately hooked on this whole concept um, they just love the idea of bringing some of this stuff to light and doing it in a light, fun, celebratory way, but giving it like a hidden depth. So you do actually learn something when you're watching it. It had a very short run for literally about a month in Atlanta in August 2016. It had great reviews. People were big fans of it. They continued to work on it, develop it, and it began previews on Broadway in October 2018. It officially opened in November of that year and it ran then until August 2019. So just under a year, it it kind of had a mixed reception. So there was two sides to it. The reviews were great. Critics loved it. It was nominated for six Tony Awards. It won the Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Musical. So it did very well critically. And it has quite a cult following because there are a lot of people, particularly in America, who really identified with the story. I remember it being in the Tony Awards, but I didn't know it very well. And then when I went to New York, there was a girl on the course who was like, it had changed her life. Oh. Because 
she was from a Bible Belt state in America where you're not allowed to, to come out. You can't be anything but straight. So for her, it was like her life played out on stage and she'd never seen that before and I've just found that there's something about that that I really like when people can really connect into a story so it's got this big cult following in that sense however the box office sales were just not there they'd spent something like 16 million dollars on producing this musical and it just wasn't making money so it just didn't it didn't stay open they were forced to close Uh, but it is on tour right now in the US. It's currently in Switzerland in the Swiss German language. They've like adapted it into that language and it's been running there for like a year or something. It was made into a film on Netflix in 2019 starring Joe Ellen Pellman and the amazing Ariana DeBose as the two yes. lead girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and also uh, this, these people are actually more famous but you know Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman, Andrew Rannells and of course, James Corden, yay! <laughs> that this, can I just say, this is the film. Aww. I was all right with James Corden because he created Gavin and Stacey, so he does have a special place in my heart in the Gavin and Stacey department. And he does all right. He's a talented lad, I'll give him that. Yeah, what he does, he generally does it well, usually. My God, for me personally, his casting within this, whether this was a him choice or a casting choice was not the one and this is what made me have a strong dislike towards him and I'm like I don't know who made the choices for your character but I was not there I was not for it I don't dislike him I just he took the job because it was a job you know but it's just I know I, I get that I suppose his choices weren't yeah it's the choices mm. he made that I don't like it felt like to me there was not a depth to the character and there really should have been and I actually don't think that that was on purpose I think that Mm. he did try genuinely tried to give that depth it's just not the right role for him yeah I I felt it was very superficial I think is I just felt it was like you you went with a a big stereotype there and Mm. while yes sometimes that's a choice to make and it works I feel for this it did not work and I feel someone should have said that be it him, be it another casting director, whatever. But whoever was in charge of all of that department didn't make the right call, hun, sorry. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, I mean, yeah. and that is, that's one of the big things people spoke about with this film. Um, yeah. So I, w- I will say that I heard mostly, pretty much only great things about the show on stage. So I would be really intrigued to watch the show on stage and see what the differences might be. Mm, um, if yeah. you haven't seen the film, it's worth watching because to be honest, it's I film. enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it. It's it's fun, it's upbeat. Made me cry. I mean, nod. It has very serious moments in the midst of this kind of fun thing. And there is something nice about like, you know, just the celebration. And I think that's really what this show represented for a lot of people. It was a celebration of not just like LGBTQ, but just, I think, being whoever you are. I think a lot of people just loved the idea that there was a show where anyone could be anything in it. And it was it was upbeat as well as having a bit of heart. But that is the prom. Was it similar to Jamie where there was like a documentary about it beforehand? Or was it just it was in the news and story sparked from there? I think it was in the news. I don't know about documentary. Um, so, so in that sense, it's not like 
an adaptation of anything and because they changed the story you know like the story isn't actually exactly what happened but they took inspiration from it so i don't think there was a documentary i think it was just it was in the news apparently people like green day and the kardashians were like sharing it trying to show their support and stuff because what i kept reading was like this all the celebrities were trying to create a prom for her but nothing i read said that they managed to do it <laughs> which feels like they didn't try very hard right <laughs> yeah, yeah a little bit but yeah anyway she seems to have like done well in the end so i'm happy for her and the rest of the people in that school can you know do one <laughs> <laughs> time to write a musical I love that this is a thing now. Yeah. I've missed that applause. <laughs> I have yeah. missed that, yeah. <laughs> we like an applause. Such a stage child. <laughs> it makes us feel good about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> it gives me reason to live. Oh, oh God. <laughs> it's the reason I get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're writing a musical. If you didn't know, its working title is the musical it is uh, about two characters called Corey and Ali they wake up in the wilderness they're like where are we what's happening we don't know why we're here this is different they fight they split up because they disagree on how to do things then we meet a character called Joe Joe's having a hard time then they're like headhunted offered a promotion then their friend is like let's go traveling and suddenly joe's like whoa loads of options and joe has a freak out and then she starts to unpack a load of trauma and then we learn that Corey and ali are joe's head and her heart and they're inside her mind and they all reconcile and life is fantastic that is 100 in complete detail this musical <laughs> and scene <laughs> So Harriet's got something to present. I would quite like to just play the song that I've got. I've also got my scene. Oh, we've all brought shit today. Oh my gosh. Look at this productivity. I think it might help to see what everyone's been doing. Okay, go on, Harriet, you start. Right, so I've had this scene in my head for months, since like, like, very early stages of when I first heard one of Ailish's songs, but I can't remember which song. As you know, I've been obsessed with the sand idea and the sand death and the desert and all of that. And I was, the sand I was, death. The sand <laughs> death. Jesus. That's what I've called it. This would come. Corey and Ali have split. They've had their arguments. Um, and this is where their, whatever they have gone to, um, has started to fall apart because they haven't got the other one with them. Um, so I think we say Corey was in a desert. Uh, they're feeling very overwhelmed and they start to die slash be buried by the feelings, emotions represented by sand. So, the set. The stage is completely black, blank, there's nothing there. However, we have like a backdrop, maybe it's a projection thing. I haven't worked out the technicalities of this yet, but you know, someone else's job. Um, <laughs> that's of someone else, I just have the ideas. Um, so basically, <laughs> there's these little orange and gold, maybe yellow, um, sparks or drops, like just little things at the bottom. And you can just see them. And as the song starts, it just starts to like build slowly and slowly and slowly and slowly and slowly and slowly. And, slowly. and then 
it's cover going all the way to the top so by the time you get to the end of the song the and um corey has been buried the whole of the background is sand with these sparks but at the moment the song stops it all crashes to the ground and the stage falls black so that's the set of it um music i've put alish's songs couldn't remember which one it was but we move <laughs> props so i would like in bear with trust the process some beige silky sort of slightly see-through pashmina scarf things and sort of let's say each dancer has one of them there's several dancers i don't know how many but i need a clump so the dance corey is going to be maybe singing or standing in the middle depending on what the song is but corey needs to be in the middle center stage just still singing or doing nothing one of the two the dancers start off stage and they slowly, all the movement is incredibly slow, elongated, and um, it's very contemporary. There's lots of lunging involved, reaching, but it's in con uh, the main style is contact improvisation. So for those of you who don't know what contact improvisation is, it's a form of contemporary dance where each dancer is physically connected to the other dancer and you do not disconnect pretty much about the whole dance. But anyway, they're slowly moving across stage. They've got the scarves. The scarves are also going to help them connect as well as they move across stage. And as the song goes on, they're all moving slowly across the back of the stage. Corey's standing there. They're doing their thing. They're doing some lovely movements. And the beautiful thing about contact improvisation is it can be different each time. So I think that'd be quite fresh as well. Um, giving our dancers maybe a bit of freedom once, like, you know, set them a bit and then go, right, okay, now from here, let's see where we go. But that could be something choreographically developed as we move. As soon as they get to the other side of the stage, let's say this is mm, over halfway through the song. They then start to diagonally move down to where Corey is and they're starting to move around them. The scarf's being thrown up as well. And this isn't sort of like Morris dancing. This is, again, we're sticking with very intense feeling. <laughs> I, could, I didn't want it to be cheesy. I need it to be intense. Now we're going to go and get but, a maypole. Yeah. And we're going to skip. skip. And, um, yeah, they're moving around them and um, the scarf's being thrown up and over and up and over. Corey then starts to physically move towards the ground and as that happens the scarves begin to cover them and then bear in mind at the back at the same time I've got our sand building and building and building above and then the dancers are all going to end lying over maybe in fetus on top of Corey and that the last dancer goes into place as the song ends and as the song ends the sand drops and they are covered and they are buried and overwhelmed and seen oh i love and that that's my idea thank you that was great thanks well done love it yay i've li i've had that in my head for i can't even tell you how long i can like i can physically see it all i just i feel like i can't wait until we get to the stage where like you can be interacting with like a set designer yes oh my god yes i just like love like you need someone like you who's got those mm. ideas and then someone yeah. who, who can go right i'm gonna take this idea and then i'm gonna talk about the practicality of how we're gonna make that work and i just think it'll be really cool i think it'll be really Cool. I love it. Yay. Sam, what have you been working on? The manager scene where we meet the manager for the first time and they talk about a promotion. To be honest, it's very vague and there's not a lot of detail which you will see. Okay, so basically, this is the... We've, we spoke before about the song 
and then everything sort of more turning around and then all of a sudden she is in the manager's office i was imagining okay i was imagining the manager to be like, like a big bumbly old man okay okay so you know like boris johnson I, yeah <laughs> I, I, was I, love, I really i have boris johnson in my mind and i'm not gonna lie to you he's like the whole time so just think about that okay so let's have i don't know who's the biggest bumbling old man here <laughs> harriet <coughs> fuck you you wait till i do my scene i'm gonna create a really awkward character on purpose this character's a bitch sam do you want to play her <laughs> are you ready so the song finishes joe knocks on boris johnson's door yes I have Miss Surname to see you, sir. I couldn't think of a surname. So Joe awkwardly waves. Yes, uh, uh, Miss um, 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 uh, Surname. Uh, come, <laughs> come take a seat. Come take a seat. <laughs> okay, you can just talk normally. Yeah. I, can't, I can't deal with this. <laughs> Assistant leaves while the others watch, not saying anything until the door is closed. Joe, turning sharply. Still with Miss Surname. I like to keep it professional, my dear niece, especially with little Miss Here's Everything out there. <laughs> Not a moment to yourself, Unc. <laughs> she chuckles. Not one. She chuckles. Now then, have you heard of... Insert cool company name here. <laughs> I've heard of them, yes. Well, I've struck up quite a relationship with its CEO. Apparently, he is an avid golfer and we tee off sometime next week. He is on the hunt for a new, insert cool job title here... And I have so kindly put your name forwards. You really didn't have to do that. Well, of course I did. You don't think I'm just going to let you waste away your days in a cubicle, did you? I'm not wasting. Oh, la la la. Yes, you are. You forgot how well I know you, darling girl. And you have lost your sparkle. Joe, sitting quietly, the realisation's setting in. Now this comes with a lot of perks, my dear girl. Many perks indeed, inserts called perks here. I urge you to consider your talents are wasted here. I can do nothing else with you. A bit harsh. But so very true. Smiles, unaware of his insensitivity. Anyway, if all goes to plan with our day next week, you'll be si- you'll be starting immediately. Joe sits still in a bit of shock. I know nothing about this job or my capabilities. I can't just pick up and leave. Oh, yes, you can. What's stopping you? Joe tries to think of something but can't. Um... Um... I'll take those mmms as thank you, Uncle. Now, off you go. I'm sure there's filing to be done somewhere. And scene. And See, that was so bitty. No, I liked that. No, it That's was good. good, actually, because, you know, we that, like... I like that as that in-between of what we talked about between is she headhunted, is she promoted? I like that because that also adds a new element. I kind of decided to mix it all together and say, like... Okay, so the family is offering you a job, but the family is pushing you to go for a job somewhere else, and it's kind of just like mm. a lot of people all at once. Yeah. Do you know? So I kind of decided to mix it all together. Um, I like it. Yeah. And it doesn't. It doesn't need to be like it doesn't need to be longer than that. Or like I think that that's like enough to like kind of establish some things about. I feel like there should be a little on. bit more dialogue there. It's just. Yeah, we can think about that. 
sorry, I like as well that the uncle's encouraging her to go. Yeah, I think it would be really interesting to play into that character of them not knowing they're being insensitive. Mm. They probably believe that they are doing the right thing. It doesn't mean they are doing the right thing, but like... I mean, I don't know about you, but I've certainly come al- across many older men who just say it as it is and kind of mm. have no filter mm. and you're you're like oh mm. i'm not used to you and it's kind of yeah. there's a bit of a clash yeah. there um which is what i was trying to sort of play into a little bit yeah no mm. i really like it it was great yeah well done thanks. i love it yay thanks so i've got some music i literally recorded this today so be wary that obviously like loads it'll change ensemble side of things like i haven't sat down and mapped out harmonies i literally just kind of laid down some harmonies just so that there was like ensemble in there so they will um i'm gonna i, I what i'm gonna do with every single song once we've kind of got to the end of the we've kind of got everything vaguely marked out i'll come back to every song and actually map out what every harmony would you know and really go into the the detail of that so there's loads that will change and even some of the melody really but i just kind of thought i'm gonna put out my idea so i mean really with everything we are just building a foundation here so it's yeah yeah it's all just a starting point so basically i've taken what we talked about last week or in the last episode um and i've got some a little bit of extra things that Harriet sent me and I have put together into a song. So on the last episode of the podcast, we talked about this idea of Jo speaking to, singing to, interacting with her younger self. And we talked about like, you know, we talked about the idea of us writing letters to ourselves. And um, so like Sam, you put in, had put in some ideas. I put some things together into a poem and then since we've done that harry has just sent me a couple of her own like thoughts on what she would say basically to her younger self so it's it's like it's um so i've basically taken kind of what i've got the moment i put it into some kind of music form it's a it might be a bit weird i don't know and it might change but it's a starting point Dip your toes into the sea As the sun comes up and the sky awakes You watch a dance within the trees I've never seen eyes so wide The whole world is in your sight as you open up your arms and smile I see the shadow of your fight Nobody else would know Your shield is strong and bright Nobody 
show the world your face. If they just looked at your feet, just at your feet, they'd see the stone in your shoe. Don't hide from me. Don't hide from me now. Don't hide away. Cause for the first time I see you. I wish I'd seen you before I should have loved you then If I hadn't been so lost I could have been your friend You're nervous that you'll fall Cause people say you will And though you'll fly above them all You'll listen to them still You'll run towards the fire and dance in the flames Then you'll lie where you are Etched with scars and stains But through the dusty air You'll finally see a hand Cause though I left you there I have never left this land So when you're on your own Know you're not alone We'll find a new way home. Take my hand. Take my hand. Take my hand. Oh, Harriet. <laughs> I really like Oh, her. Harriet. Oh, my God. I've never seen you cry. Oh, I've never seen you cry in no. like 10 years. I know. Oh, my God. I really liked it. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I. <laughs> oh my god, I've turned into Sam. <laughs> In the best way. I think that's like my favourite song on the podcast. That, yeah. I really liked it. It's very touching. Yeah, fuck, you broke me. Well done, you broke oh me. Oh my god, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> We've broke, broke the ice cream. <laughs> it will It will be great as what it'll be. It'll be better when there's more people and voices, but like. That's that's for a future day. I really liked it when the piano came in, and I was wondering if we could have the piano the whole time, or what what made you choose to not have it. I really wanted it to start without anything, mm. you know, like any music, anything like that. I want it to just be voices. Um, I think in my head. Sorry, is it really bad that I? I can't even remember when the piano came in. It was about halfway. It was. I was just like so focused on the lyrics. Yeah. The piano can come in earlier. Uh, I I think there's there's just a different things you can do really. So I was I think my thought process was when I was thinking about it for me that felt like a shift that felt like Joe acknowledging something a bit a bit deeper maybe than what she has that's acknowledged. the point i think that i started to cry as well i watched you the whole time harriet because yeah. i see you you're you you went like someone oh, yeah, i just I was... like <laughs> stabbed her <laughs> no, she, there was a bit, so the reason i did that was i was listening so obviously i'd written ailish like a little message and i'd put i think my opening thing i'd written was 
um but what uh what if i fall but my darling what if you fly yeah yeah and ailish had played with those words and she'd made it better and i was like oh my god that's my one <laughs> <laughs> yeah i put like i really liked what you were talking about like you were talking about flying further than what everyone says you can do yeah but i liked you were talking about like the the idea that you're also still allowing people's words to have weight yeah in the midst yeah. of that and i i liked that um cuz i i think that a lot of i think a lot of people could can relate to that 100% I think it's, yeah it's true it was very therapeutic to do actually i'm glad yeah it's it's good yeah what i noticed and what i really liked about it was when the piano came in stopped choral Mm. then the piano came back in again yeah you, you have those moments where it's not just yeah uh, vocal i think you know I, th- I think we can absolutely play with that experiment with it we can test out different versions of it piano coming in earlier choral things mm. happening more often like i think that um there's loads of different things we can do and it would be really nice to explore that and try different options yeah cool Really good. Well done. Well done, ladies. Well done, everyone. So good. Come and join Sam's social network. She's here for you. Everybody say hello to Thomas. Thomas. Hi, Thomas. Hello, Thomas. Thomas. Okay, Thomas says, if you could meet your characters, what would you say to them? So let's just do the main three. So if we could meet... (laughs) Corey and Ali and Joe. Oh my god. What would you say to them? Oh, that's a really good question. I mean, my first one would be what happens in your musical so that it makes my life easier so I can just write it down? Oh, (laughs) How does the musical end? How does it end? (laughs) I love how your brain works, Harriet, because it's just the angle that I would not go. No, because I just—it's just the character. They don't know that they're in a musical. I literally was having this whole like reflective thing in my head, like you know, I'd go into Joe and be like, "Joe, just be you and embrace yourself." (laughs) And Harriet's like, "Um, "Can you help me make my? (laughs) Can you just help me?" (laughs) Anything makes her life simpler. What would I say to them? I'd want them to find out about each other and I'd want them to like understand each other you would just want to sit there and mediate I would yeah I'd, I'd be like right we're all gonna sit down we're all gonna have a glass of wine and we're gonna talk about why you're all valid but why you all need to think about the other people in this room and like and then they wouldn't be a musical and then Harriet would just be like <laughs> I don't know what to do now I'd be like, well, you fucked that one didn't you <laughs> I've got to do all the work myself now. <laughs> to be honest, well, no, yeah, that's probably what I would do. I'd just... I would, I'd like to see Corey and Ali in the flesh. No, like having an argument. Yeah. yeah. I feel like to Joe, I want to be like, put yourself together. Like, <laughs> go out there and like, even if you don't know what you want, go for something. That's what I think I'd be like. I'd be like pushing Joe and then I'd be like restraining Corey and Ali. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the same for me. I don't know what I would physically say, but that would be my vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Just shaking shaking Joe saying, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. Like that scene like that scene in the notebook because she's like, it's not that simple. And then, he, and then we'll just go, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> right, well... 
Thanks, Thomas. Yeah. If you would like to get in touch, you can email us podcast at dirtylaughs.co.uk or you can like and follow us on Instagram at Dirty Laughs Podcast. The same for TikTok. Harriet's head scratcher. Scratch your head now. I'm going to show Sam and Ailish the picture, but I'm going to set the scene again for you guys. So take yourselves into uh, Monsters Inc., if you will. Um, and let's all remember Monsters Inc. is a Pixar movie about monsters if anyone does not know indeed Monsters University will also do the job Monsters Inc. Monsters University doesn't matter either one either one will do the job Mike Wazowski little uh, round lime green dude one eye let's all picture him how does Mike Wazowski cry? Because he's only got one eye. So does he have a single tear that comes down his eye? Or does he have two tears from either side of his eyes? And there was a whole debate of does Mike Wazowski even have eyelids? Is he able to cry? So the research was done then. We can confirm that Mike Wazowski blinks. He does have eyelashes. So he does have eyelids. Eyelids, but no eyelashes. I mean, I guess he just cries in the same way that we do, apart from with one eye. And I, what is that? Do we cry out of both sides well we have um our tears fill at the bottom of our eyes and fall the corner of your eye near your nose that's where they fall oh mine fall out straight down doesn't it just depend on what like angle your head is at i mean maybe so my but my question is is it one tear out of one eye or two tears out of one eye one eye is the only option here i'm just gonna say so how does he cry i'm just gonna say two because it's more aesthetically pleasing but um, <laughs> I mean, that's my one because I think the other one looks like a load of snot it coming out his weird. non-existent nose. But yeah, yeah, I feel like I feel like it just they just fall, and sometimes it might be one, and sometimes it might be two, and you know, I think that like he's allowed to change. <laughs> he's a, so he can physically change. There's a button to change it. You think? I just think that, you know, I was going to say he's human. He's not human. I mean, he's not. It's quite literally um, the opposite. <laughs> but I think that it just depends on the situation, how hard he's crying. You know, sometimes like when you're crying really, really hard, I don't think it's like one tear at a time. I just think it's like just water, just like overflowing out of your eyes. And so I'm sure sometimes that happens to him as well. I see. Well... Let's see what the uh, the listeners think because that has just gone on the socials now. So, um, very very mixed mixed thoughts there. But there was a lot of thought and research actually gone into that more than I care to admit, if I'm honest. More <laughs> research than I honestly probably put into half of my GCSEs, which is not surprising. But there we go. <laughs> well, thank you for that, and um, thank you everyone. Lots of um lots of stuff today very very packed episode which i think is good also just so you all know in between this episode and the next episode we're all meeting up to go and see michael we Bublé. Are. mickey bubbles <laughs> little bubbly hey. hey the dream yeah well anyway thank you everyone we hope you enjoyed this as much as we did let us know your thoughts if you have thoughts on the musical if you have thoughts on mike wazowski if you have thoughts on what you would say to the characters in our musical if you met them let us know we're here there's a sentence you thought you'd never say if you've got thoughts on mike wazowski Wazowski. if you've been affected if you've been affected by anything said in this podcast (laughs) then please don't hesitate to contact us (laughs) Twerking really gets me. Twerk to make the tears jerk. (laughs) 